Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Shady Boots Podcast. I'm your host, Abel, and on today's episode, I'll be recapping episode 5 of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Star 6. Let's get right into the recap. Alright, on this week's episode, the nine remaining queens produced and hosted their own daytime talk show segment centered on the most pressing women's issues like sex, body, and motherhood. The group challenge was a test in authenticity, relatability, and the ability to be vulnerable within their drag queen personas. As standard for this season, the challenge results in one top performing queen and a set of bottom queens for the week. The top queen lip syncs against a secret assassin for the chance to choose which of the bottom gals shall be eliminated. If the assassin wins, a group vote determines a consensus choice to leave instead. So just to kind of recap you all, in episode one, Yara Sofia went head to head against Coco Montrese and lost. Um, however, Serena was sent home. In episode two, Queen of the North and the Mother of Mothers in Canada, uh, Brooklyn Heights was the challenger, and she went against Raja O'Hara and the lip sync. Both of them actually held the lip syncs for Jiggly Caliente, which I was so happy about. If you guys didn't listen to that episode, go back and listen to it. I was just so happy Jiggly was gone, sort of, kind of, we'll see. And then the next episode, Laganja Estranja, came out to fucking slay the motherfucking lip sync. She did her thing. She did what needed to be done and won over Trinity K. Bonet, which ended up making Silky Nutmeg Ganache go home. After my girl Silky went home, Jessica Wilde came out for the next episode to battle Jan, and she actually defeat, defeated her, sorry, to a Britney classic and sent Yada home based on the safe queen vote. I was like, okay, I had to Google who Jessica Wilde was because I, I have watched, I think, every season of RuPaul's Drag Race. The last couple, I think, I think after 11 or 12, maybe 11, I kind of didn't really pay attention to, like, the entire season just because I was getting kind of, like, mm, kind of bored with it. Um, but it is definitely caught my attention again. Um, however, yeah, I did definitely have to, like, do some research on Jessica Wilde. And after doing research, I kind of remembered her, but I was like, she was not, like, a lip-sync assassin to me. So anyways, let's get into this week. So this week, as the queens enter the room, Akira is coming in with her head kind of hung down low because she's returning from the bottom for a second time. Uh, she really, really was kind of just down on herself. She didn't feel that she should be on the bottom. And then on the flip side, the remaining queens felt the sense of defeat emanating from Yada and said that's why they voted for her to go home. I think a lot of that, like I said before, had to do with Yada's not wanting to like beg and letting her ego get in the way. So I think that's why Yada went home. And then Jan, who was actually the only person um, who chose Akaria, so had Jan won her lip sync, Akaria would have went home. Uh, Jan was a little shook because she definitely went against the grain and she thought that the group was going to kind of um, maybe vote for Akira based off of track record and thinking they'd save Yada, but it's just definitely the girls were just not having it. 
They were not impressed with Yada's like attitude. She did not look like she wanted to be there, or at least, you know, like I said, her own just like egos in the way, and that will be the death of her. So the queens themselves, um, they are just like I said, they're over it, they are done with it, and they're just ready for a brand new week in the workroom. Uh, skipping a mini-challenge, Rue comes into the workroom on the very next day to provide details of the next maxi-challenge, which is called the Pink Table Talk. It's kind of like uh, Facebook's, I think it's Red Table Talk with like uh, Jada Pinkett Smith, Will Smith, and Jada's mom. So it's like a playoff of that, I guess. And it's basically an intimate talk show where the girls would work in teams of three to dish on hot topics of body, motherhood, and sex. The queens themselves got to choose their own teams. So this ended up being Eureka, Akira, and Trinity on one team. Ginger Minge, Jan, and Pandora Box, and then Skyly, Sonic Love, Raja, and Scarlet Envy in the last team. Uh, when it came down to deciding which topic each group would discuss on the show, Eureka's team claimed sex with no contention, but Ginger had Scarlet both wanting uh, motherhood for their team. Uh, Ginger, who's exploring actually becoming a parent through surrogacy outside of the show, felt a deep connection to the topic. While Scarlet was concerned with taking a risk to get out of the t out of like the whole like safety thing, you know, she actually wanted some critique, so she really was wanting to push it and go there and not be safe. Um, so they both agreed, base basically doing like rock paper scissors to make a decision, and Scarlet ended up winning. So Ginger and her team took the topic of body team body accepted their challenge nicely but with body issues of her own pandora was the most uncomfortable with the decision uh still they decided that ginger would be a moderator in the setup while pandora and jan would focus on showing vulnerability vulnerability sorry and reality within the fantasy of drag uh, team motherhood centered their idea around how scarlet has two moms in a loving relationship and raja does not have a very close connection with her own mother that provided room for Skyly to be their moderator. Another role that she wasn't used to having, but open to figuring out. And I think it was a very good idea for Kylie to become the moderator, especially because she wasn't used to it. And I think it put her in a different spot because the moderator kind of has to keep the conversation on track, flowing and continuing without any awkward pauses or anything. So I think that put a lot of eyeballs on Kylie. So she was smart to uh, end up being the moderator. And then on Team Sex, the girls wanted to explore HIV positivity, gender roles, and body size issues, all coming from personal places. So as we get further into prep time, Scarlett attempted to give Kylie a pep talk about how the judges said she needs to come out of her shell. Uh, Scarlett was worried that as moderator, Kylie would have to kick off their segment with high energy that she might not naturally be able to. It was initially unclear if Scarlett had faith in Kylie, but they decided to keep their roles as is and go forward with Kylie confident she could turn it out. And again, I was very, very happy that Kylie decided to keep this role, and I was very, very proud of her, and stepping out of your comfort zone is something that we all should do more, and um, I'm, I try to do that as well, but it is very hard, so uh, kudos to Kylie for sticking up for herself, sticking into the moderator role, and we will see how that plays out in this episode. 
So moving on to Team Sex, uh, they kicked off their segment with Akira opening up about how she at one point was transitioning into being a female and had her lower body worked on to be more feminine. But in re-transitioning back as Mel, uh, like Mel presenting at least, has had encounters with men that can be confused by her gender representation. That conversation flowed naturally into Trinity's experience with HIV positivity and a lesson in what undetectable and untransmittable means. So I felt like that was probably one of the most important topics. I think this was a side of Trinity that I hadn't seen, especially being vulnerable, sharing it, um, that information. Uh, it was very, very brave. Uh, all of the girls, well, okay, hold up, Abel. Not all the girls, but some of the girls were very, very brave in this episode. And it, um, I actually really, really did enjoy them opening up more and being more personable. Because this group actually used Do You Have Sex and Drag as an opening question, all three of them were able to use that as a segue into their own discussions, including Eureka, who said she'll even put on a ponytail and whip, whip it around on the guys during sex. They closed out with a game where they pulled a mouth exerciser out of a pink furry box and played around with all the ways it could be used. That was um, one of my favorite talk show segments. This show, RuPaul's Drag Race, has done this before with different types of segments where they had to like interview celebrities and stuff. And sometimes it can be very cringeworthy, but I felt like this was a very, very good and thoughtful episode. Alrighty, so we are now moving on to team motherhood. Uh, they started off in a more traditional sense, asking the question, what does motherhood mean to you? which paved the way for a more classic discussion that Team Sex had. In telling her own story, Scarlett was a bit dry without providing a lot of room for Raja and Kylie to engage with her story outside of standard responses. That kind of set like a real weird and kind of serious tone that Raja picked up with, and while it allowed them to be vulnerable about their real stories, it didn't give them any opportunities to bring humor into the discussion. So the humor was very like lackluster. Um, it was... Like the very previous group, although their topics were very serious and very meaningful and personable, they ended it with like on a high note, you know, they wanted to bring that fun drag element in and they did it in a very meaningful and important way. And this group very much like failed to do that. I just, I really did not enjoy this conversation. Um, however, you know, with all that being said, uh, Kylie went down the road of being a mother to a pet in a short, uh, in a very short conversation before the group pulled out their own pink furry box containing a citrus reamer that could definitely look like a sexual kitchen item. Like it was look like, I don't know, like it looked more like something that you'd use as a sex gadget than a kitchen item. Like it was very confusing. Um, the citrus reamer, it was very awkward. Okay, that's just... I wasn't here for it. I didn't enjoy this conversation. The whole motherhood thing was... It it just didn't do it for me. And I actually, like, I couldn't even watch the playback. Like, whenever the judges, like, watched or whatever, like, I couldn't even, like, deal with it. I just... I didn't even want to watch it all, to be honest. Like, I really legitimately wanted to skip over this. <laughs> 
So we're moving on now to Team Body, who kicked off their segment with Ginger jumping right into her own body issues, but in a way that was more conversational with back and forth with each other. So she started off like very, very good. She didn't keep it like close ended more by herself. She let the chance for the others to kind of speak up. Uh, from there, the central topic became social media pressure and how beauty standards play into self-love. Uh, throughout the open conversation, Pandora, Jan, and Ginger all incorporated self-deprecating jokes that created a fun atmosphere night and day from teen motherhood. So, literally, completely opposite from the team before. Uh, it was like, literally, like night and day, like I just could not... In uh, their pink furry box was an eye simulator that the queens were convinced was and should be used as a vibrator instead, which was just another way for them to underscore their entire segment with comedy. So again, another team trying to make it very lighthearted. I will say that in this um, whole team, Jan was like the least opening to me. Like she didn't open up as much. I wasn't as excited about Jan. Um, I, you all, it's no secret how I feel about Pandora Box. I don't think of her very highly, but I did appreciate her, 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 her willingness to open up to, to us as viewers and fans so that she did get like kudo points from me for that. Alrighty, the very next day, as they got ready for the main stage, the girls started reflecting on the performances in the Table Talk Challenge with different senses of confidence and worry. Team Body was very confident that they were cohesive enough to score a win, but Raja was worried that she had been too vulnerable and that perhaps she would damage her relationship with her mother even further based on what she said. Akira was there to pick Raja up and coach her through feeling good about herself in the hope that her time on this show will do the opposite and actually bring Raja closer to her mom. A lot of the times people don't realize that these queens being so open and vulnerable and coming out as trans on the show or, you know, representing, uh, presenting as a trans man, trans woman, whatever it is, is it does affect their lives outside of the show afterwards and they have to deal with that and there isn't producers and editors and you know big personalities there to help them through it so it is a big deal that akira was there for her and um it just showed like to me the motherly side of akira uh i really do i appreciate akira doing that for raja and so next up we are finally on the main stage this week we are the judges are michelle visage ross matthews and special guest aisha tyler uh, for the runway the category was clash of the patterns trinity comes out first opening up in an african printed gown with fantastic freaking makeup to match her gown she was not playing she came to slay the day away uh eureka followed in a gown patched together in all the patterns and then akira went with a mannequin look dressing with i'm sorry with a mannequin looking dress with painted on pattern uh that wasn't really my favorite to be honest with you like tbh i was not here for akira's look uh, Raja also went with an African theme. Uh, Kylie was in a leopard print mini, which, bitch, fucking Kylie will... Kylie fucks up a look. That bitch is... She is cunt. Kylie is the definition of fucking cunt. Fuck, I love Kylie. Um, so after Kylie was Scarlett, who made a dress inspired by her grandparents' love letters. That was cute. I don't know... 
if it read pattern to me, clash of the patterns, but it was cute. Like the idea was cute. It was a cute dress, but it, it the category to me, it, it didn't match clash of the patterns. Um, after Kylie, Jan kept it very purple in a rich girl mini shopping spree look. Oh, Jan. Jan, Jan, Jan. It's like that TikTok, like, oh no. Oh no, 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 no. That's literally Jan and Kylie for me. Uh, Ginger was inspired by butterfly catchers, and Pandora looked very, very stunting in a nightmare before Christmas look. So now, based on the talk show performances and runway looks, Rue names Trinity, Eureka, and Akira as the best team of the week, but declared that the top individual performer of the week was Ginger. For the critiques, Team Sex and Ginger got to leave the stage as a safe group, while the rest of the queens remained for comments from the judges. Dun dun dun. This is what everybody like lives for. This is what I live for. And this is why I know some of the queens, when they are safe, they get kind of salty if they're safe all the time. Because then they don't know what to work on, what to improve. But at least, bitch, you're safe. Like, bitch, you're here to see another day when some bitch is not about to be. Okay? So that's just my thoughts on that. Um, so let's move on to some of the critiques. Uh, Ross found Raja's runway look to be interesting, and Michelle liked that she spoke matter-of-factly in the talk show because it would get more people to actually listen to her. Aisha told her that she loved Raja's emotional side because it gives room for personal connection from the audience, which, hallelujah, I agree. Uh, the judges also really loved Kylie's look, but Michelle didn't think she opened up enough in the interview. And Ross said he couldn't even remember what he learned about her. Oh, man. Poor Kylie. Like She just was trying to step out there, step out of her comfort zone, and it. the judges were not here for it. Uh, Ross did think that Scarlett was fascinating when she spoke, but in moments where she escaped into like a performancey type of thing, it became a mask that backtracked any kind of vulnerability. Uh, I agreed. Scarlett was like every now and then she like did this like little acting or performance gig, and I was like, "Girl, this is not where you're supposed to be giving. Like, this is supposed to be you. Supposed to be real. Supposed to be like, like that. You know, it's you, not a performer." So. Uh, I agree. Um, Rue says she felt very uncomfortable by the way Scarlett hasn't found cohesion between her drag persona. I'm sorry, her drag persona and life as a male. Uh, for Jan, Ross pointed out that she is so comfortable being an over-the-top performer that she's lost the ability to show different energy and paces, which would make her more interesting. And this is where I was like, I felt that she. Jan is just like always like super like yay me blah 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 and she very much reminds me of another queen oh I don't know why she's in my mind but she reminds me of another queen from another previous season of RuPaul's Drag Race and they're always like uppity and happy and just like hee 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 yay rainbow sunshine unicorns and I'm like no bitch this is a real fucking world ho like they we need to have levels to you like I I just couldn't do it and I can't do it with that and so I agree with that critique 
moving on to Pandora. Pandora actually got very high remarks from Ross for a truly clash of the patterns look, but was told that she was too reserved from true feelings during the interviews. Based on those critiques, Rue gave safety to Pandora and Raja straight away, leaving the other three in the bottom and open to votes for elimination. When the girls ended up going backstage with the others, Scarlett was very, very low energy, but determined to do what she had to do to not be chosen for elimination. She told Ginger that she got rave reviews and not the worst critiques, which completely disregarded that Rue had used the word uncomfortable with her performance in the challenge when i heard that i was like hold up <laughs> like what is like where are we what is happening what did she hear that i did not hear what i honestly y'all like what what scarlet is cr okay i don't want to use what crazy but scarlet is she was missing something okay she just didn't get it she didn't get it at all um it was very awkward for me as a viewer um, she told Ginger that Jan should go home because she got the worst critiques while Raja was explaining to the group that the worst review Jan got was that she gave 110% and was like extra, you know what I mean? Uh, very similar to Scarlett, Jan was incapable to hearing the advice from the other girls that she truly could have brought the energy down a little bit in order to show vulnerability and authenticity instead of playing up the character that she always does. The, hi, I'm so happy. Oh my God, I'm so happy. Like, I love it here. I love everyone. Yay, peace, love. Yay, yay, life. I'm awake. I love waking up at 5am. I'm going to, like, have my coffee and go on a run. I'm so happy. Jan, girl, we're over it. Uh, Ginger was very open with Kylie and said that uh, she did have one of the weaker performances, but acknowledged that the role of moderator was actually the most difficult. When fighting for her safety in front of the group, Kylie promised to come harder in future challenges and to push herself to come out of herself. That, I'm sorry, out of her shell. Abel, Lord Jesus, I can't even read my own notes, y'all. Sorry, it's been a day. Uh, that passion spoke directly to Trinity and Eureka, who have wanted to see that drive, not only from her, but from everyone in the bottom all season. Like, this girl, you, so, like, dude, she, Kylie, Sonique Love, she was like, I don't give a fuck about my ego. Fuck the ego. Don't know her. Like, I want to fucking be here. Do not fucking vote for me. And I was like, this bitch. Like, she fucking serves. She's sickening. She's, like I said, definition of cunt. She wants to be here. She's going to fight to be here. She had no problem doing what she needed to do to stay. And I was glad that the other girls, at least so far, felt that way. Um, privately, Ginger uh, was speaking to Jan and told her that Scarlett said Jan got the harshest critiques, further pitting Jan and Scarlett against each other in their fight for survival. So we move on to the voting booth. Uh, we see Trinity choose Jan's lipstick for being in the bottom twice, and Pandora picks Scarlett's while the rest remain hidden from our view. I hate that they do that. They're like one in one, like, ooh, who are they going to choose? Uh, uh, torn between the three choices, uh, Ginger opted to what the judging criteria from her own point of view should be, vowing to not take into account what anyone else would do. You go, girl. Like, she's like, fuck everybody else. Like, this is my 
my vote. Like y'all, this is this is fucking my vote. Like fuck y'all. <laughs> uh, for her to get the decision of elimination, um, you know, she it's like if she won, she decided who went home. So again, she's like fuck all y'all's votes. Uh, she went onto the main stage to find out who this week's lip sync assassin was, and then we see this character. <laughs> And it was Bianca Del Rio. Uh, Bianca only appeared as, like, a gag. She was like, wait, hold up. Like, I'm not supposed to be here. Like, I'm looking for the bathroom. And because she won in her season, you know, and she's never had to lip sync. So whenever, uh, I think it was Rue said, like, are you ready to lip sync for your legacy? And she's like, uh, not really. Like, no, ma'am. And then she, like, tells the girl something like, um, you know, if you do it right your first time, you don't got to lip sync or you don't got to do this again or come back or whatever she said. I don't know. It was so funny uh i love that they brought bianca just for that to kind of gag us and like throw us for a loop uh, as soon as she exited the stage though we find out the real assassin of the week was mayhem miller and with the chance to earn thirty thousand dollars ginger went in okay on lizzo's song phone i love this fucking this is a fucking bop where's my phone how the hell i'm supposed to get home uh, so I love that song. Um, she created like a very manic and comedic energy that stole all the attention for Mayhem, whose moves weren't like, they just weren't it. Um, Ginger easily hands down everyone probably there would have voted for her she won and she claimed the largest cash tip and decided to give $2,500 to each of her teammates from the challenge so nice of her because i'd have been like mm, i don't know y'all don't know you uh not with my queens but uh, that was nice of ginger um the win also meant that ginger's lipstick choice would determine who went home she told the girls that she made the only decision that would let her feel okay at night and then revealed scarlet was the one to leave this competition and then of course as scarlet is prepared to leave Rue comes on the screen saying there's a game within a game and hints that she could be sticking around for the rest of the season because we still don't know what the hell the game within a game is and I read an article somewhere and they were like is a game within a game like rock paper scissors <laughs> like what's happening here so that is it for this episode of uh shady boots next week i'll recap episode six of all star six until then stay shady bitches